Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the Happy Scientist Podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bitesize Bio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Scientist podcast. This of course is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist. I am Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and today we draw on the wisdom of Mr. Kenneth Vogt who is founder of the executive mentoring company Vera Claritas but he is also Bitesize Bio's Mr. Miyagi. If you don't know who that is, look up Karate Kid, it will be an education for you. Today, and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you will get to benefit from his Yoda or Mr. Miyagi-like words of wisdom to help you increase your performance, enjoyment and success in the lab. Today's episode is called The Risks of Having to Be Right. Okay, Ken, take it away. All right. Well, Nick, comment, you commented offline before this. Well, the outline looks kind of long, so I'll, I'll have to move right through it, but... <laughs> but then again, you know, it's because it's it's such a big deal to people. You know, we feel like we have to be right. And and it seems pretty easy to make the argument about that. Well, what do you want to be wrong? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, no, of course we want to be right. The, the, the question is, why do you want to be right? Are you actually passionate about the truth that you want to get down to what's really accurate? Or are you just circling the wagons because you don't want people to think you were wrong, and you don't want the you don't want the the social stigma that comes with being the guy who was wrong? So is it is it really that you want to be right, or is it you just don't want to be wrong? <laughs> <laughs> now another thing is time matters when it comes to being right because let's face it, um, knowledge has been unfolding and ongoing science has certainly been ongoing and unfolding so what we know today and what we know tomorrow can often be quite different and so is it that you need to be right already that is I need to be right right now or are you committed to learning so that you can continue ex to expand upon the accuracy of the things that that you believe are true and that you want to stand for in the world. So, you know, we can have some fuzzy notions that are accurate, but we don't want to stay there. You know, we want to refine things. We want to keep driving on and and making making the things that we're right about be better and better and better. But that's going to practically require that sometimes when you thought you were right, you were wrong. <laughs> 
And you have to be willing to let go of that. You got to give it up because we've probably all been in situations and hopefully for most of you, it's not been very often, but where you stuck to a position, not because you still believed it, but because, because of hurt feelings or because of embarrassment or, or because you're afraid of losing face. So, and you know what? You ended up embarrassed and you ended up losing face. That's what will happen if you stick <laughs> yeah. to things when you're not right. <laughs> so, so first off, let's, let's think about this from the standpoint of what are the practical reasons to being, to being willing to give up on being right? Well, first off, if you're already right, that means that you can never be wrong. And that means you can never learn and you can never grow. Now, how many of you have found that stopping growing has been useful in your life and in your career? <laughs> no, it's just not. You have to grow. And in fact, you're in, in a strange business where you're dealing with biology. And in bi biology, you got two choices, grow or die. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> so, you know, apply it, apply it in your own career. Realize that, that your career is a living thing. It's a, it's a breathing thing. And that, you know, with breathing, there's the in and the out, there's the ebb and the flow. So there are going to be times when you need to actually be learning rather than being right. And then there are going to be other times you need to, to stand your ground, but, but it can't be all about being right is always the best thing because it's not. Sometimes it just isn't. Because sometimes when you, even when you've had a position, maybe you've held it for a long time and now it's being shaken. And, and what are you going to do? Well, if you're going to fix that, you, you can't refuse to acknowledge that there was something lacking. Maybe even something broken or wrong with, with what you were holding to as the truth before. You know, you, you've got to you've got to be open to the possibility that things can be improved and can be made better. And you know, we've had, a, we had an episode in the past that um, some of y'all may recall about uh, what you don't know, you don't know. That was episode 31. There, there are times when the thing that you think is right is based on what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. There, there may be other facts, other data that is critically important to the conclusion that's being drawn and you don't even know about it. Well, how are you going to draw right conclusions then? So you have to, you have to be open to the idea that everything that I believe is right at this moment could be wrong because there may be other data that I am unaware of. Now there are times when you think, well, there's no possibility. There's no additional data that's going to change my conclusion here. I'm sure. I'm certain that every one of you can think of examples in your own past where that statement proved to be utterly false. When you thought for certain that something was a certain way, and then you finally opened up or were forced to open up to look at some new data and realized, wow, that was not the way it was. I mean, there, there are movie plots in Hollywood that are all, the, that's the whole premise of the whole movie, is that somebody drew a a wrong conclusion they stuck to it all the way through and then when the truth finally came out you know they either look like a fool or were dead you know <laughs> uh, we don't want that to happen to you yeah uh, so 
So this is this is the practical reason why you've got to be open to not having to be right all the time. Now there's another part of this. There is a social cost to being someone who has to be right all the time. It can leave you out trapped in the weeds, as it were. That is, you know, you're you're out there and other people are going, you know, you should come over here to the nice mowed lawn. <laughs> but but you're out there, you're out there wandering around and you don't even see how neat and beautiful it could all be. So you you can get you can get isolated, you can get ostracized for your insistence on being right as a as a guiding principle. Now I'm not saying that you that it's wrong to insist on being right when you really when something something specific is truly important to you and you and you and you've put in the work to make sure that you're you're up to speed and and that you're coming from the right place um, but if you're if if you start off with my principle is I'm always right now what do I want to apply that to you're gonna have a lot more problems <clears throat> one of the one of the problems with that of always having to be right means that it means never taking responsibility um, and you might wonder, how is that irresponsible? Well, think about it this way. If I insist that I'm always right, if something goes wrong, or if something is missing, or something is causing problems elsewhere, I will never own that. No, no, I did it right. I did the right thing. So I can't be part of the pro I can't be responsible for the problem. Well, how far are you going to get in your career if you never take responsibility for problems? that you never acknowledge that, you know what, maybe I, maybe you are right about this thing, but it has consequences. And if you're unwilling to acknowledge those consequences and let go of this thing, even if you feel you are right about it, because there may be a bigger context. And in the bigger context, maybe you're not so right. So so this, that's another dichotomy that happens here. You can be right in a, in a narrow way of looking at it and yet be totally wrong in a broader way of looking at it. And, you know, we live in an analog world <laughs> where every little thing doesn't doesn't just sit in its own little cosmos. It it's all everything is touching everything else. So everything that you insist on being right about, you got to look around at the wider consequences for holding that position because even if it's right in this one narrow area, it it may be it may be far from right in the broader context, and that can be very, very painful for you and people around you, and it could be very impacting on, on your career and about, and, you know, on your work environment. And, you know, we've all seen that. I'm sure you've had to deal with people that are just, they just have to be right all the time. They're just insistent on it. And, and how, do, how do we view those people? Well, we see them as pompous. We see them as arrogant. We see them as as intractable. You know, those are not qualities that describe people you want to work with or yeah, people you I, want to hire. It's interesting. That was one thing that just popped up in my mind there. My mind there when you said that was, how can anyone ever always be correct? <laughs> and and if someone always appears to be correct, how could you trust that? Because it's obviously a front. Right. Yeah, it becomes their knee-jerk position. Well, I'm right about what? Well, I don't know. What are we talking about? You know, <laughs> you know, and the the people who are like that, they 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 often tend to be 
that it tends that they're not good listeners. You know, being a good listener is a is a critically important skill for a scientist. And whether that's listening to other people or listening to your experiments or to the data, you know, it really, really matters. You know, we had an episode on that also in episode 41. And do you listen? And you don't want to be in that camp. Someone who is regarded as being a poor listener. Again, people don't want to interact with those folks. It's like, why am I talking? They don't listen. You know, it, it's going to be a waste of my time because I'll be hammering my head against the wall trying to get something through because they already think they're right. And there's no changing that. Now, another, another thing about this, too, that if you're in that position where you have to be right all the time, you better have on armor because you're going to be you're going to be acting on the defense all the time. It'll never end. And I mean, that that could wear you out. It just can just 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 burden you down to constantly have to defend. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to say, oh, well, I could be wrong about that or oh, I, well, that's 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 very interesting. I hadn't heard, I hadn't thought about that before. I hadn't heard about that. Well, those are disarming statements. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. What jumps into my, into my mind is my uh, at my wedding reception, where my my wife's father gave a speech, and he had he was very good at giving speeches, and he had uh, like this piece of paper, and he was playing this this word contain this piece of paper contains the most important word for any marriage. So he was give, making you think it was love or sex or or something <laughs> like that, and then. And then he pulled it out and it was sorry. And I, the, I thought that was so good. But then at the time, I kind of thought, yeah, that means just giving in when you know that there's, you know, in the beginning, I thought that that means just giving in when you know that you're right. But it's not. It's, it's being willing to know that you, it's willing to kind of, uh, being willing to kind of acknowledge that you, you, you don't know. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not, it's not your own, only your point of view that you're taking into account. You know, from the different point of view, then then that could be, you know, things could look completely different, and and that's how to uh, actually deal with someone rather than uh, you know and maintain a relationship with it, with someone rather than always basically um, giving no room for the, the the possibility that your perspective is incorrect. So I mean that that leads to an obvious question: Why is it that I feel this need to always be right? You know, what's going on there? Um, what it is, it's a failed attempt to cover up insecurity. And of course, we all have insecurities. And we have insecurities even in areas where we feel very capable. There, you know, you might, you might have a reputation and be well regarded, and yet you still have insecurities in those areas. You still, you still are going to have things that, boy, I wish nobody knew that I didn't know that, or I wasn't very good at this, or, or, or I wish no one had ever heard that I took that position back in the day. Well, <laughs> if you've been Never doing tweet. this long enough, <laughs> it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, okay, so why? Why are we worried about that? What if, so what if I was wrong? Why is that so scary? Well, because we're afraid of what, what the, the ramifications of that will be. Are we going to get punished because we were wrong? Is there something that we're going to lose because we were wrong? You know, and it's it's quite possible there are certain environments 
Well, that's true. If you're Twitter. wrong, man, you're going to have your head aimed at the uh, Twitter. <laughs> that's Twitter. Oh, God. Just stay away from Twitter. Oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, it does point out something. If, if you're finding I have to be right all the time because the downside of being wrong is so awful, so painful because of my environment. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Well, maybe you need to upgrade your environment. Now, yeah. when I say that, that that might mean, um, you know, it might mean simple things like getting off of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it also may mean, wow, I need to get out of this lab. This lab is toxic. I need to be somewhere else. Or maybe it's like, you know, I've got a subordinate. They got to go. They're a problem, they, you know, they, they, because of this. So, you know, you got you to gotta look at your environment and see what can I do to stabilize my environment so that being wrong isn't so awful. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Now, even if you've done that, and, and maybe your environment isn't that bad, people aren't beating you up when you've insisted on being right and you weren't, um, but being wrong triggers anxiety, and that may have to do with stuff that goes way back. And you know, I'm not, I'm not here to do psychoanalysis and examine your childhood as to why that may be. But being aware that that it's triggering an anxiety to be wrong is a very useful thing. You can't deal with it until you know about it. When you know about it, then you're gonna you often realize, well, this is silly. There's there's no sense in me being worried about this. There's, I've been so afraid that there's some that the sky is gonna fall if if uh, you know if I'm wrong about something, and then you realize, well, that's all because of there's something that happened in first grade, and it isn't even doesn't even matter the specifics. Like you know, I I don't need to drag that forward, and you you can you can let it go as a result and even if you can't let it go when you realize this is anxiety that's coming up, it's like i'm not going to live my life enslaved to anxiety and and you can move past that now now again this isn't psychological advice i mean some folks anxiety is a real burden and a real problem and they they need to get some counseling or they need they may need medication you know i'm not talking about that but you know we all have all of us have some anxiety pop up for us some of the time and we can make the choice to not let it be in charge. And if that's within your power, by all means, you know, exercise your power. <laughs> you know, another thing that, that we have to remember, we're just human. And humans can be ignorant. Humans can be foolish. Humans can be misinformed. So, and these are all different is issues. You know, if you're ignorant, it's just, okay, there's some data I just didn't know. I, I drew a proper conclu conclusion based on on my limited data. Well, now that I have more data, I can I can draw a different conclusion. Now, being foolish is another story. That's where like, well, I've got the data to draw the right conclusion. I haven't drawn the right conclusion. <laughs> uh, you know, I I was foolish about it. We've all done it. 
you know, it, it happens. You just, you didn't bother to take the data into consideration you had available to you. Or people are misinformed. That is, I was given bad data. I drew a very proper conclusion if this data were accurate, <laughs> but it's not. So when you realize all the ways that, all the outs you really have, you know, I don't have to be right because I could have been ignorant or I could have been foolish or I could have been misinformed. It's okay to be wrong because all those things happen to us all the time. We get fooled all the time. We get misinformed all the time. There are holes in our knowledge all the time. And yet, you know what? You still operated through life this far. You still, you still survived. You know, you, you still managed to take care of the kids and make the car payment and show up at work. You know, so you can, you can manage in this imperfect environment and you don't have to be right all the time. Now, another thing that can happen is when, when we're emotional about things, you know, if we get angry about something, we may not be able to see what's true. We can get so stuck on our position because we're mad that we've been questioned or you know, maybe it's not even specifically about that. But, we could be we could be mad about something that's totally unrelated and it still makes us stick to being right about something because you know what i'm mad at that person therefore i'm i'm not going to flex for them N not this time not about anything you know they they made me mad about you know they they embarrassed me in that meeting so i'm going to embarrass them now you know <laughs> and so we stick to a position that isn't helpful so if you take the moment to, ex to examine for yourself, if, if being right has been causing you problems or needing to be right, if you look at why do I always feel that need and start to take it apart, you know, these are some of the things you can look at and they can help you get out of that hole. So the, the last point I wanna make is kind of a funny one. The, the subtitle I had is the upside of being wrong. How could there be an upside to being wrong? <laughs> you know, you know, here we've been talking about the downside of being right, which also didn't seem to make much sense until we've, you know, we took it all apart. Like, wow, there's lots of downsides to insisting on being right. But what is the upside of being wrong? Well, there's freedom there. There's freedom in that I don't have to be right all the time. You know, I can I can take some wrong positions on occasion and get corrected, and the sky doesn't fall. And it's okay. And the fact is, much of the things you've learned in life, you've learned because you were wrong. Now it's great if you could just start, you know, you know, green screen, blue sky, and then add new knowledge on top of that. But that's not not the whole of how you've learned. You've learned lots of things by making mistakes first. You know, how many of us learn to ride a bike without without falling off? You know, <laughs> and yet we wanted to learn and we were willing to learn, you know, and and you learned from those things that couldn't, you know, mom or dad couldn't explain to you how to lean into a turn. You had to go do it. You had to experience it. And in some cases you needed to experience doing it wrong to learn. OK, don't ever do it that way. <laughs> you know, um, So learning it, has been a seriously beneficial part of your life and that learning has often been sourced in being wrong so relish the fact that you've been wrong sometimes here's one I, i've always found kind of funny 
It's very disarming to others when you unequivocally admit that you were wrong. <laughs> People that are ready to fight with you, they've, you've, they've taken a position, you've taken a position, and then you go, well, yeah, I'm wrong. What? <laughs> you know? They, they they don't know what to do with that, <laughs> and and it's 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 actually kind of fun to watch sometimes when you see somebody that's ready to fight, and the first thing out of your mouth is you're absolutely right. I was wrong about that. Oh oh oh, it's great. <laughs> now another part of it is one of the reasons we've probably wanted to be right is we wanted to control things, and you know control is just not all it's cracked up to be. It's, it's not really that worthy of a goal. The fact is we can't control everything. We won't control everything. And you know, in fact, we have, a, we have an episode about that, number 23. We've mentioned it before, the siren song of control. And it is applicable in so many areas of your career, in so many areas of your life. Control isn't getting you that much. And so, you know, being right so as to maintain control, is, it's, not, it's not paying dividends. It's, it's not worth the investment. Finally, I will say that, you know, being wrong isn't so bad after all. You know, you can be wrong and just carry right on. Just keep on going. It's no big deal. Um, you know, you fall down and skin your knee, you put a Band-Aid on, and you go back out to play. It, 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 it's just not that bad. You know, so we if you've associated um, having, you know, being right, being attacked, for being right, um, you can you can break that association and realize it's just not that big a deal, and and you're still going to be right a lot of the time, so it, it's fine. <laughs> you don't have to give up on being right entirely. It's just be flexible enough that when the moment calls for you to give up on it, that you can easily lay it down and say, you know what, uh, I live to fight another day. So. So that's what I have there. Anything anything you want to add to that, Nick? I think that was quite comprehensive, and there's not a lot to add. Um, just oh, um, I actually do have one thing to add, and I, I didn't even mention it during the course of this. There's a great book. Do you mean book. I, I was wrong? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I missed it myself. There's a great book I had in the notes I wanted to, to comment on. It's the, the title of the book is Principles, and it's by uh, someone named Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is... Um, he started one of the largest hedge funds that's ever existed from from scratch. And you think, well, this is just a business book. It won't have much to do with me. It's it's a it's it is certainly applicable in business, but it is it's got a much broader reach than that. And it's the principles that he has learned over fifty years of being, you know, one of the most successful investors who ever lived, and somebody who's been instrumental um and on world affairs that go beyond just making money. <laughs> um, and so I, I can highly recommend that book. And, you know, we've something we've talked about in the podcast over the course of time that we want to bring in best practices from other industries and apply them in science. And this is a perfect example of that. Um, there's a lot to be learned that have, a lot of things that have been learned in other areas of, of life, other areas of uh, endeavor that that are quite useful when it comes to science and Ray Dalio's book Principles is definitely one of them. So all right. Well that's that's my wrap up for now. <laughs> definitely. Okay, yeah, it's definitely worth a read, that book. 
Um, again, I mean, the only thing I would say is to reiterate again is if you think you're right, why do you think you're right? It's just a perspective. Um, respect the other person and it'll pay you dividends. And yeah. And maybe we should include the episode about imposter syndrome as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel like you're so insecure that you have to always assert the fact that you're right, then uh, then maybe have a look at that. But again, that was a, that was another great topic that should be food for thought for a lot of uh, a lot of people, Ken. So thank you for that. So uh, again, just to wrap up, uh, to tell everyone. Uh, that if you want to reach out to us and connect with us, we are on facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club, all one word. Um, and we'd love to see you there. And that you can get all of our episodes, including episodes one to nine, which are the foundation, they contain the foundational principles of some of the ways that Ken looks at the world <laughs> and teaches to his. Uh, his clients and um, and people who work with him, uh, and it's it's a remarkable set of episodes that's worth reading if you want to have your perspective of uh, or rocked, or at least give yourself some free frameworks, uh, useful frameworks to view the world uh, through. Um, those are all on uh, bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist and. There you can jump out to all the different podcast platforms that this is published on. So again, thank you, Ken, for another wonderful episode. And we will see you all again next time. Bye now. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.